This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Carnival Breeze this week. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. Just back from L.A. Yeah, my first time in California ever, and I did the repositioning cruise of Norwegian Joy from Vancouver to L.A., and then once we were in L.A., we spent the night on the Queen Mary in Long Beach, so we're going to be talking about Norwegian Joy and the Queen Mary experiences. By the way, if you're a cruiser, if you love cruising like you're super passionate about it, definitely consider spending the night on the Queen Mary. I think we paid like 103 bucks for an interior room on there. We were in the second classroom. Really cool experience. Experience. We did every single tour on there. More about the Queen Mary, more about Norwegian Joy in upcoming episodes. Right to Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Another cruise line hikes gratuities. What do we have this time? Well, it was bound to happen. Following in the footsteps of Carnival, Holland America, and Norwegian, Princess Cruises announced that they are going to hike their automatic daily gratuities. So everyone will see a $1 per day increase beginning with all cruises that depart on May 1 and beyond. So what does this mean? Well, if you've reserved a standard cabin, you know, um, interior, ocean view, or balcony, your new charges will be at $1 more per day, $14.50 per person per day. If you're in a mini suite, you're going to pay $15.50 per person per day. And if you're lucky enough to book a suite, your new gratuity charge will be $16.50 per person per day. There is one way to avoid the additional automatic service charge, and that's to prepay your gratuities on an upcoming cruise before May 14th. So if you're wondering how this all adds up for an average cabin based on double occupancy on a seven-night cruise, I did a little bit of math, and while $1 a day at first, you know, it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but your total gratuity charges will be $203. That's kind of steep. Yeah. I mean, it just, it sounds, it sounds worse than it, actually is when you consider, if you break it all down, but still $203 on top of your cruise fare and shore excursions and specialty restaurants. The last time Princess raised its daily gratuity charge was in 2016. So, you know, it was about, it was bound to happen. You got that right. Carnival Sunrise officially sailing from the East Coast. Yes, and after a $200 million refurbishment, what was the Carnival Triumph is now the Carnival Sunrise. Though the official naming ceremony isn't until May 23rd in New York City. So, you know, it's sailing under the new name, but it's not official. But in the meantime, following this seven-night inaugural that we're just mentioning, uh, Carnival Sunrise will set out on three shorter cruises from Norfolk again before the official naming ceremony. But that will be held on May 27th um, in New York. And we could see another world's largest cruise ship. Yeah, we just might if Royal Caribbean does their usual shtick that they always do. So this week saw the steel cutting for the construction of Royal Caribbean's fifth Oasis-class ship. The new ship will be sister ship to Symphony of the Seas, which now lays claim to the title of the world's largest cruise ship. As Royal Caribbean always does, each new ship is built just a smidge larger than its predecessor. So this enables Royal Caribbean to boast that its newest ship is now the largest in the world. So just to give you a little perspective, the Symphony of the Seas, which I just mentioned, is the world's largest cruise ship. 
That one clocks in at just slightly over 228,000 gross tons and carries 6,680 passengers based at uh, maximum occupancy. So the ship before that was Harmony of the Seas. And just to let you know how they, they, they you know, tweak the, the numbers just a little bit, that ship comes in at uh, just about 226,600 gross tons and accommodates a mere 6,500 passengers. So that's kind of how they do it. So yes, I don't doubt that this next ship, which is still unnamed and expected to launch sometime in 2021, will take the new crown of world's largest cruise ship, even if it's just by 100 passengers. So it looks like there's going to be a optional fee to the mobile passport app, which is the app where you can you know, get expedited disembarkation at a couple of cruise ports. Yeah, you know, and I'm totally unfamiliar with this app, so I had to do a little bit of research on this. Apparently, it was launched in 2014, and it allows passport holders to submit their passport and declaration information to U.S. Customs via their mobile device instead of using those old blue paper customs forms. But, uh, yeah, they're going to charge $14.99 per year, although there's a one-day free trial if you're already a member. Now, there are a little bit of drawbacks. The free version will not be able to store passport information for upcoming trips or use the document scanner to automatically enter document information. But you will be able to manually enter and submit your details upon arriving at the port of entry. So Port Everglades was the first cruise port uh, that tested this mobile passport app back in the end, towards the end of 2016. Uh, when the uh, Harmony of the Seas that we just mentioned debuted. If you have the app and you want to upgrade to the $14.99, uh, it works at Port Miami, Port Everglades, and West Palm Beach. I don't know. I mean, I guess for convenience, the $14.99, whatever. But for me, I don't know. I feel like my, my passport is probably stored in enough places. I don't want to pay to have it stored one more place. Yeah, they should be paying you, right? Right, yeah. And our last talking point, MSC Cruises has a rather unique partnership. Yeah, I, I did a double take when I saw this because she's not Italian, but MSC, they formed a partnership with, of all people, Martha Stewart. And it's kind of a brilliant concept. So together, they're going to introduce new culinary and culturally themed shore excursions, some celebration surprise gift packages, and special holiday dinner menus and new recipes. So Beginning June 1 in the Caribbean, two MSC ships will feature this collaboration. It'll be the MSC Seaside and the MSC Armonia. And just to give you an idea what they're going to do, for example, in the Caribbean, there will be hands-on cooking classes. They'll have tastings at local restaurants and more active excursions. If that's not active enough, <laughs> they're going to include um, oh, looking, discovering waterfalls and exploring hidden coves. Uh, you might visit botanical gardens or even organic farms. So it's really very niche, I think. And then this year, we, I mentioned the holiday dinners. They're going to be three-course holiday dinners. And the holidays so far that they're going to include in 2019 are Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's. And this will be aboard the MSC Armonia, the MSC Divina, the Seaside, and the Mer Meraviglia. 
And then in 2020, Easter will be added to that list also. Glad to see Martha Stewart keeping busy. Listener question from Angela. I have a question about Carnival's loyalty program. Currently have 22 nights with Carnival, making me red level. You need 25 to reach gold, uh, which I will reach in the middle of my next cruise. When does my gold status activate? You know, that's interesting because, you know, cruise lines seem to differ on this. Some, you have to have X amount of cruises and then it's the next one. It's not the one that you're on. But Carnival, I like this idea. So if you reach the required number of days, any day during your set voyage, you will get to the next loyalty level during that voyage and receive the card and all the perks associated with it for the remainder of the cruise. All right, Angela. So you'll get your gold card during your embarkation day, and then your stuff will be activated once you hit that 25th day. So congratulations for hitting that. If you have a question, drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Also, Sherry, one other thing. Yeah. So we were both on the Norwegian Joy from Vancouver to L.A. Did you post anything on social media, any of your accounts where people could check out any photos? I did. I did a couple of posts on Instagram, and I think they went. They simultaneously posted to Facebook. I'm pretty sure, but definitely Instagram. And Sherry's Instagram is Cruise Maven. You can also check out the Cruise Radio Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook group to uh, see some photos as well. As always, Sherry, I appreciate you. All right. See you then. We know you can't go on every single cruise. So we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. Every day, thousands of cruisers set sail to the Caribbean and are increasingly choosing their shore excursions through CruisingExcursions.com. Why Cruising Excursions? With prices up to 60% lower than cruise lines, around-the-clock customer service, and guarantees that give you a peace of mind, why not? So whether you're looking to zip line in Jamaica, snorkel in Nassau, or see Mayan ruins in Mexico, market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com has you covered. Book your family's next shore excursion at cruisingexcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. Heather and her husband just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Breeze. Heather's on the line. Hey, Heather. Hey, Doug. How are you doing? So you're over in Texas, and you took this seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise. It was the John Heald's Blogger Cruise. That might answer my first question. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. Yeah, that pretty much says it all. I mean, I've uh, been following John for years. Um, I love his posts. I love all his content and all that. And so we just we wanted to see what it was all about. You know, we didn't know what to expect, all the events and everything. So we decided to go ahead and join. And also, you know, being in Texas, uh, there's only so many itineraries. And we really wanted to go out of Florida and get more of those eastern ports. Uh, so we were excited to try a new embarkation port and new ports of call. Yeah, and for the listeners who aren't familiar with John Heald, he is Carnival Cruise Line's brand ambassador, and he's really active on Facebook, uh, very, very active, and has some really polarizing posts on there. So if you're not familiar with John, check out the John Heald Facebook page. So back to your vacation, Heather. You make your way to Orlando. Um, that's where you had to fly into to catch this cruise out of Port Canaveral. So take us from there. Did you do a pre-cruise night? Yeah, so we flew in. A cruise left on Saturday afternoon, so we flew in Friday night after work, uh, and then we stayed at the 
Sheridan, um, right there on Cocoa Beach, and made our way to the port on Saturday morning. And, you know, we got in pretty late. Uh, I think it was either 11 or midnight the night before. And unfortunately, most of the stuff in the hotel was like closed down already. So uh, we didn't really get to take much advantage of the hotel, but that was okay. We were just there to sleep and uh, get our vacation started. So, yeah. So you stayed at the Sheraton Four Points in Cocoa Beach. Do they offer mm-hmm. a shuttle service, um, like the hotel itself, or did you have to like book a separate one if you wanted to take a shuttle to the cruise pier? Uh, yeah, the hotel did offer a shuttle. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so you make your way to the cruise terminal. How was embarkation? Um, so that day, their computers happened to be down, which was unfortunate, but I could tell things were going smoothly aside from that. And I could tell that it would have only taken probably five minutes, maybe even less had that not been the case, but it did end up taking me about 20 minutes to get through security and check-in and all that. Like they were literally handwriting names on sheets of paper. So I don't know what was going on, but, but yeah, we got right in otherwise. And, uh, it was kind of crazy. So with being a bloggers cruise, you know, there's so many people that are just like religious followers of John Heald and the priority boarding group. There was well over 500 people with priority boarding between diamond and platinum and uh, faster with fun people. So it wasn't much of a priority boarding experience <laughs> since like there was so many of those people. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we got, got right on the ship and, uh, it seemed to be that they did a good job of staggering it because it never felt like there was just people swarming onto the ship. It, it felt like there was a steady flow all afternoon. So You make yeah. your way on board Carnival Breeze. Now, you've been on Breeze before, right? Yes, I Okay, have. so what were your impressions this go-around? We were really excited to get back on the Breeze. We just absolutely love the ship, and... Um, the ship was starting to rust a bit on the exterior, we noticed. Um, but then we also noticed in every port of call, we saw people painting it. So they were working on that throughout the week. So that was nice. But we could tell that it was, um, I guess, aging a bit or so. But on the interior, I mean, it was just like we had cruised uh about two years ago. It was just a beautiful ship. I love the decor. Whenever I cruise those older like Joe Farkas ships, I'm always just, oh, like, I don't mind the decor. I don't even notice it. But then you get on a ship like the Breeze and you're like, oh, wait, wow, the decor does make a difference. So I don't know. We we just love the ship. Um, and then the bartenders, they really handled the whole situation of the computers being down really well because it also affected the ship on board and they were handwriting like drink tickets for people and it did not slow them down at all so uh we were impressed by that yeah carnival magic so the ship before carnival breeze was the very last ship that joe farkas had anything to do with um Mm. after that ship carnival went with some i think german design firm to start mm-hmm. designing their ships, so it's a little more, yeah, like you mentioned, laid back, more of like a Caribbean vibe and less in-your-face statues and crazy colors. Yeah, yeah, it's it's much more... Subdued. You know, it gets you in the mood more for like the Caribbean yeah. cruise and all that. So you yeah. make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? 
So we had an interior room on deck one. And at first we were like, oh gosh, like, cause we've booked cove balconies in the past. And we were like, oh man, like we should have booked that cove balcony. But then honestly, like we had such a great time in our interior room all week. Uh, the room was really spacious and we just got off Carnival Valor last September. We also had an interior room for some reason. This room felt bigger and I don't think square footage wise, there's any difference, but my best guess is that on the breeze, they've kind of changed the way that they set up the vanity and they don't try to squeeze in the TV and everything on the, on the same desk where the vanity is, they've kind of moved it over by the closet. And I think it just kind of really opens up the room. Yeah, I mean, we had more than enough closet space, more than enough drawer space, actually way more than we had in, even in the hotel that we stayed at prior to the cruise. So honestly, probably our favorite part of the room was that uh, we had four port days and to be one deck up from the gangway was just awesome because yeah. <laughs> those elevators are untouchable on port days. Yeah. So to be able to just go up one flight of stairs and my room is right there. That was awesome. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about the food. Let's go to the main dining room first. What time dining did you have and what did you think of it? We booked any time dining and we really enjoyed it. Uh, the first time we went was actually the second night of the cruise. And we got in and they sat us down like right away. We didn't really have to wait. But then they sat us down and it was 45 minutes from when we sat down before we ordered. So mm. It was odd that there wasn't a waiting time to be seated, but then it was. It seemed like they were backed up as far as taking orders and all that. And then I think the following night after that was formal night, and we decided to go back to the main dining room. And there was like over an hour wait to just to get in. Like the line was wrapped around the atrium. So there is a bit of a wait time, I think you could expect with any time dining and that um, having that dining room, but. I mean, the food was amazing. The service was great. Um, we were able to get the same wait staff every time we went back. We just asked for their name and their section. And I don't think we ever had to wait when we asked for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the main dining room. I wonder if there's a connection here because the regimented dining, traditional, like 6 and 8.15 or whatever it is, mm -hmm. the dining is normally like spot on, just boom, boom, boom. And anytime dining always seems to be like long delays or slower service. I wonder if that's because the servers don't feel like as rushed as they do where they have to turn the dining room over with traditional yeah, dining. That could really be the case because um, I don't know at one point why we had the we had the best wait staff and we really, really enjoyed them. But she was our assistant waiter. She came over us and she was talking to us for a while. But then at one point, I mean, she just kind of like kept talking and kept talking. I mean, she like almost like just sat down with us and was hanging out for a while. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if she was doing that with every other table, but <laughs> it was just like. That's great, but uh, we haven't even ordered yet, and it's almost <laughs> been 45 minutes. So, you know, <laughs> we love you, but we need food. <laughs> yeah. what, how about the uh, Lido Deck Marketplace? How was the food up there? It was so good. This ship has so much to offer. I tried Mongolian Walk for the first time, so in all my cruises, haven't had it yet, and that was really good. I, I love Asian food, so um, I, I was really impressed by that. Blue iguanas, I had the tacos for the first time. I just always get the burritos, and I am converted to the tacos. I Those are, like, my favorite lunch meal now. I had guys probably three times. 
So, yeah, no shame there. I was walking by one day. I had no plans to even get a burger. I was just, like, taking some pictures of the guy's burgers. And the guy behind the counter was like, no, come get one. I was like, <laughs> okay, twist my arm. <laughs> but, yeah, all the buffet food, uh, really good. They had a midnight buffet, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool because we were just kind of wandering around up deck and stumbled upon a midnight buffet. It goes 11.30 to 1 a.m. And they had pastas and a chicken noodle soup and a meatball sub and sandwiches and fruit and cookies. I mean, I was like really impressed. So, cause you know, normally that hour you only have the, the pizza. Mm-hmm. So, and then that was another thing we, we did the pizza one time we were sitting in the pub and uh, we ordered the pub grub. I love that the breeze has a pub grub coconut shrimp, grouper fingers, all that good stuff. But we decided we also wanted pizza. So we tested out the pizza delivery and I ordered it right from the hub app and she delivered it directly to me sitting at the Red Flag Pub Bar on deck five. So it was cool because like I placed the order and it said estimated delivery time 30 minutes and she was there in 14 minutes. So wow, yeah, I was, I was like really impressed with the delivery. So it was well worth it. Okay, a couple other places here. Uh, so how was Bonsai Sushi? Oh, yeah. Bonsai. Love Bonsai. We went twice. And that was probably the best thing about having anytime dining. Uh, just the flexibility because we are big sushi fans. So we went there twice for dinner. Cucina was probably our favorite dining venue on board, or at least for this cruise. Because I, it's probably a close to the steakhouse but i think you know when you go to the steakhouse you're expecting that like mm-hmm. i don't know i want to say like five star meal or whatever but you know with cucina i was like oh 15 bucks a person like i expect to have a good meal but i'm not expecting you know like the greatest thing ever and we were just like so impressed i mean everything we ate was just some of the best food we had the whole cruise so that's why I would put Cucina first, I think. But the steakhouse was also just so good. I mean, everything they made. And the, the crazy thing was we had the steakhouse on Carnival Valor. And I don't know why, but I would put this experience above the steakhouse on Valor. I don't know if there's a difference between, like, the Fahrenheit 555 versus whatever the steakhouses they have on, like, Valor and... Um, I know they call them by different names, but maybe it was just like the atmosphere or something. And we did have better service, but everything just seemed to taste better. So I don't know. The Overall, the food on Carnival Breeze is just I'm trying to amazing. Think. It's not David's. It's not Sun King. Is it Scarlet on Valor? Uh, yeah, I think I it think, is Scarlet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you on Cucina. And it's one of those places where... You'll probably want to skip the guy's burger in the afternoon because you want to have an appetite when you go there. Otherwise, mm. you're going to leave in a food coma. Well, you're probably leaving a food coma anyways, but uh, <laughs> you want to go to Cucina hungry. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. You know, it's, it's basically your carb loading for mm-hmm. that, you know, <laughs> marathon that you're going to run tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was just it was so good. I mean everything that we ordered and you know we were sharing plates like oh let me try this let me try that everything that we tried was just amazing and the service there all the ladies working you know from the hostess that sat sat us to our waitress to the lady at the bar I mean everybody was just 
it was like we were at the steakhouse with how good the service was. So, did you get we to go to Seafood Shack at all? You know, we never went there all week. I think we were just we we're too busy eating everywhere yeah. else. I guess um, the Seafood Shack and uh, the barbecue joint. We never went. There's a, a barbecue guys barbecue on uh, deck five, and those two places. We never even got to all we. Oh, and then I never got to the deli either. I think my husband went there once, but yeah, it's just yes. like there's just so much good food on this ship. It's like you can't can't even get to everything. Of course, if I hadn't had three guys burgers, I guess maybe I could have. Right. The uh, how was the entertainment on this seven night sailing? Entertainment was awesome. There's just like so much to see. You can't even see it all. Um, with John Heal being on the ship, there was even more to do than normal. So, um, every morning there was usually some sort of meetup, like the first few days there was Q and a sessions and it was really just kind of this open forum, you know, put your hand up in there and ask a question and he'd answer it. I mean, really laid back. Uh, one day we did trivia and I thought I was, I knew all the answers to the questions. (laughs) Turns out I didn't, but it was just, everything was really, you know, informal and the fun part about all these meetups with John Heald um, and and all these the bloggers group in general everybody seemed to really know each other and it was kind of just like this big family it felt like I was going to church or something and everybody had known each other and everybody you know grew up in this community together or something and you know I talked to some of the people uh, that cruise on these bloggers cruise a lot. And I mean, they confirmed with me that, you know, sometimes this is the only cruise each year they can book and they want to book this one because they get to see these friends. And this is the only time that they get to see these people because they all live in different parts of the country. And it was just really neat to see that kind of camaraderie and, you know, yes, they're coming to see John Hill, but they're also really coming to see each other and, you know, it was nice, nice to have these sort of events that John put on. Um, we had a tea time one day, which was really neat. Um, there was all these little finger foods and pastries and sort of things. And um, there's a cigars under the stars, which was really cool. Um, and it's exactly what you would expect. It was up on Serenity Deck. There was live music. There was... Um, people had cigars. They were selling cigars in case you didn't have one already. There was just so much to do all week. And then even just on the ship, not even with John. I mean, there was 80s parties. There was karaoke. There was just live music everywhere. Trivia, beer pong tournaments, susapoos. I mean, you name it. Like, the ship really has everything. And I'm not surprised that they won Best Cruise Ship for Families because it's just there's so much to do. Did you get the cheers package on this cruise? I did. And did you maximize it? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you track yeah. yours to see if you break even or not? I don't track, but I can promise you I broke even. Okay. I probably, they probably lost money on me. <laughs> um, I know that my husband, there was probably several days he hit his 15. And there's probably a few days I probably hit. 10 or so the thing is like we're not drinking we don't like to drink like those sugary drinks like the the you know the cruiser the mai tais and all that we usually just drink like you know if we're out by the pool something refreshing like a vodka soda or 
in the evening, we'll just drink like bourbon on the rocks or something like that, you know, like, but when you're just drinking something clear like that, it's, it's, it's easier to, to drink it. And when you're drinking like beer and sugar stuff, it just fills you up. And yeah. But anyway, we also really took advantage of all the coffees and bottled water. I was getting bottled waters right and left because, you know, four port days, we were out in the sun a lot. And, uh, I, I really love that part of the package, uh, energy drinks and all that. Cause I, we have a Norwegian cruise booked this coming fall and <laughs> I re- didn't realize until recently that their drink package, you know, like the free at sea portion of it only comes with like the cocktails does not include the the coffees st- and the waters yeah and all the that. coffees yeah. and the waters and all that and i was like what i am used to <laughs> you know the cheers package so <laughs> the um how about the casino as far as the smoke is concerned did it kind of waft out of there or was it pretty well isolated um just the uh, casino itself no it, it wafted out pretty bad in fact that was probably our biggest gripe with this ship and you know probably even this cruise it it was it was pretty bad and there was times like we would find another way to get to somewhere you know instead of trying to walk through the promenade just because it was so bad like i would be sitting in the ocean plaza which is that area right off the casino and it would be permeating into that area and it's ocean plaza is like not right on top of the casino there's some space there's a little like internet hub or something uh, right there. So like, if I can smell it from there, I mean, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's hit or miss too, right? I mean, sometimes it's, I guess it depends on like if the ship's in port or if it's at sea or the times of the day, because I've walked through it before and couldn't even smell smoke. And then other times I'd walk in and walk right back out and go, you know, deck, what, four or deck six to kind of avoid the casino. Yeah, and that's, that's true. And also, I think, you know, with this crowd, um, it being a John Heald cruise, it's skewed as an older crowd. It's um, the demographic, to be yeah. fair. And I, the, the casino always seemed busy. And, you know, people in the casino love to smoke. So maybe with the casino being busier, there's a lot more people smoking. And if you've got more people smoking, it's going to be a bigger problem. So maybe that had something to do with it. So how about the sea days? How did the ship behave? So we actually only had two sea days. And the first sea day, I think, you know, it was right after we left Port Canaveral. And I think people were really just enjoying exploring the ship and all that because it was great. You know, everything, everybody was really spread out. Nothing ever seemed crowded. And then our our last sea day was the very last day of the cruise. And that, you could really tell, everybody was trying to soak up the last bit of sun sun that they could um the Lido deck was pretty crowded that day uh and actually that last day was the only time the whole cruise that i had issues with wi-fi and i don't know if that had something to do with everybody crowding up deck or something or trying to get online on the last day or something like that but it was really only that very last day that anything seemed crowded so i think overall the ship handled it very well and you know again there's just so much to do on this ship that people really were spread out and you know had a lot to do all right this was a seven night eastern caribbean cruise and you said you had a few ports here so give us a highlight from each port please our first port was amber cove which really kind of blew my 
expectations away. They had everything was built out there right off the ship. If you go left, there's all kinds of shopping. If you go right, they've built out. It looks like a resort, honestly. There's beach chairs everywhere. There's pools, a swim-up pool bar. There's a kid's area with a playground, basketball courts. There's cabanas that you can rent out as part of an excursion. Um, there's a VIP area, there's restaurants. I mean, there's a zip line actually, um, as well. There's like a hill that goes up and there's a restaurant at the top of the hill. It's not a steep hill or anything. It's really easy to get to. I absolutely recommend going up there because the views are just stunning. You get to see the entire, I keep wanting to call it like a resort area, but it's just what they've built off the pier. You get to see the whole area and the ship and the shopping and all that. And it's, it's just breathtaking. So Amber Cove really, really impressed us. Our second port of call was St. Thomas. We did a excursion through the cruise line. We took a catamaran over to St. John and you know, we just, we didn't want to like be on a boat in St. John and, you know, we wanted the assurance with the cruise line that we were going to get it back on the ship. So that was a lot of fun. It unfortunately was a little cloudy that day, so we didn't get as much sun as we wanted. But we went to this little beach called Honeymoon Beach on St. John. And um, there's really nothing on the beach there. There's like, I don't think there's any restrooms. And they just had one tiny little bar. But it ended up being perfect. It was quiet and not a lot of people and it was just, we were only there for probably an hour or so, um, and we didn't snorkel. And then we we went back to St. Thomas and um, just had a really nice day. I will say that St. Thomas, we noticed, because we had to take a bus outside of the city, you could tell there was still some damage from the hurricane, Hurricane Maria and all that. So that was kind of sad to see. But, um, but I think like right off the cruise pier and all that it seems to have recovered really well. And there looked like there were some like new build structures and all that. So, you know, it's, it's coming back. San Juan, probably our favorite stop. There's just so much history there and it's just so beautiful. There's all these colorful buildings and the architecture is just gorgeous. We ended up just walking around ourselves and we wanted to hit both of the forts, the Castillos, but we walked too much and we couldn't hit the second one. So we we walked down uh, to the street. We walked to Calle Fortaleza, which is like that. It's kind of a f- famous street and it's got all the umbrellas at the end. It's real, I want to say Instagram famous. And then we walked uh, Paseo de la Princesa and then that kind of turns into Paseo del Moro. And then that, at the end of it, finishes at the Castillo San Felipe del Moro, which is one of the forts uh, at the northwest end of the island. So that was just absolutely breathtaking when you get up and climb up to the top of the fort and you can see like the whole island and the whole like north side where the trade winds hit and the waves are breaking. And I I can't recommend that enough. You don't have to walk all the paseos because, I mean, I think probably – full day we walked six miles and it was it was a bit bit long we were pretty tired afterwards but um i do recommend going to that fort and uh they have a little museum it's seven bucks to get in if you like reading plaques and things it's worth it if you don't 
it's kind of maybe not, but the seven bucks does get you into both forts. Um, the museums at both forts. So, so we headed back to the ship. There's a um, ton of shopping right off the pier. So we did a little shopping for getting back on Grand Turk. We just went to Jack Shack and that was it really. Um, and we had a great time. We met Topher and Calypso and we met Jack himself and, uh, Spent the day there and then got back on. Last time I was at Jack Shack, Calypso was just a little puppy who just got to Jack Shack from Connecticut. Oh. <laughs> so I assume he's probably grown now. Oh, yeah. He's like fully grown. But I think I heard Jack telling someone that Topher was starting to show his age and kind of uh, slow down a bit. So that that made me feel sad. But yeah. but he was still, I mean, I saw him running around and digging in sand. So he looked he looked good. You really nailed that Spanish in the, on, in the Puerto Rico port there. <laughs> Thanks. I studied abroad in Spain in college, so okay, I, I used to be fluent, but I'm not anymore because I don't, I don't keep up with it. But so, so you make your way back to Port Canaveral. How was Debark? So Debark was great. We got right off the ship. Um, no problems at all. Uh, we took a car service back to Orlando and... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, had to had to go home. But yeah, no, uh, we did we did self assist. We we always do self assist. It's just so much easier than having to wait for your zone to get called. And I think it was your last episode actually. You were saying that the Port Canaveral debark, the customs guys can be difficult. But I kind of chuckled at it because we just, I mean, the guy just looked at our passports, looked at us and was like, okay, thanks. You know, have a good time. And we always have much more difficult time in Galveston. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a breeze. Gosh, when I got off, he was, um, looking at me, looking at the passport and then looking at his computer. I'm like, oh my God, am I like in the, on a list somewhere? Do I look shady? (laughs) What's going on here? Um, there was, there was actually a guy like an agent, like two lanes down who wasn't even behind the desk. Like he was standing in front of the desk and just like, I barely even looking at people. He was basically just pretending to pick up the passport and like handing it back to people. So (laughs) he was like really relaxed. Yeah. Gotcha. That's good to know. We have Homeland Security with such a great, great, (laughs) (laughs) paying such close attention. Um, well, let's see, do you have any first time tips to offer anyone sailing Carnival Breeze? Oh gosh, there's so much to do. There's so much to eat, come hungry. Um, yeah, sleep before your vacation. There's so much to do. Um, if you're going on that itinerary with Amber Cove, I would say, I hate to say don't book an excursion, but I would, that's kind of what I would say. There's just so much to do right there. Um, off the off the pier that they've built out it's it's such an awesome area and all of it's free other than like food and drinks and yeah it's just it's such an awesome area try to avoid that casino if you can if smoke bothers you and i would really recommend booking a low room like we had i just really enjoyed being on deck one so whether that's a cove balcony and ocean view or just one of those lower deck rooms. Um, I don't, I just really came in handy. Oh, and then we also had a spa pass on this cruise, which I also cannot recommend enough. But one thing, um, I would say if you're in a room that's maybe crowded, there's a lot of people and you're trying to get ready in the evening and it's, you know, there's just too many people in the room. Uh, we liked to 
go up to the spa and they've got these like massive showers in the spa. So I would just take like a shower caddy of, you know, conditioner and soap or whatever else I thought I needed and go shower up there. And it was awesome. So, you know, if you're thinking you might be cramped in your room, you know, consider booking a spa pass and that could, could be an idea. And also you get to enjoy the spa for the week, which is just so awesome on the breeze. It, it really has one of the best balls in the fleet. So, Yeah, when I was sailing November on breeze, I was on a 14-night cruise and I got the two-week spa pass and I was mm-hmm. living in those thermal chairs, like in the afternoons on the sea days, oh, yeah. like yeah. Just reading a book or listening to music and just chilling out, like just, yeah, amazing yeah. experience. If you, I barely stepped foot into a cruise line spa before this past cruise um, on breeze when I got the spa package and like mm-hmm. I've been missing out for years. Yeah. Yeah. Where you been? Yeah, right. <laughs> no. totally. I, the very last night we went and we hit it. We happened to hit it. We didn't even plan this, but we hit it right at sunset. And so I was sitting in one of those heated chase loungers and they've got the floor to ceiling windows and I'm just watching the sunset and the sky is like purple and orange and blue and all these different colors. And I was just like, this is heaven right yeah. here. Like, <laughs> this is it. Like that was worth the whole spa pass just for that one evening right there. So I, I can't recommend getting one of those enough or booking a spa stateroom. In closing, your final thoughts of Carnival Breeze. Probably my favorite ship. I haven't been on a Visclass ship yet, but uh, this is my favorite ship. Um, I can't recommend it enough. We just had a blast. If you get the chance, absolutely cruise with John Heald. He just he knows how to light up a room. And uh, it's just really an honor and a privilege to to watch him work and to entertain people. He's he's just he's just got this unique sense of humor that is just it's just so great. So it it was we were really really blessed to to be on this cruise. So yeah. Well, if you want to see Heather's pictures and her trip reports from this seven-night sailing on Carnival Breeze, you can check them in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Heather, thanks for the review. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.